Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. This is our second annual board game review Christmas Megathon with the world-renowned Instagram (laughs) super famous Danielle Dabbs of Board Game Babies. Danielle, (laughs) welcome back as the annual uh, gift guide uh, game expert, game schooling expert. That's right. Yeah, let's Let's uh, talk about it. Wait, wait, let me, let me get my Amazon list out here. (laughs) Yes. Everybody needs to open up Amazon right now on your phone because we know everybody's listening on their phones. No, let's, they'll all be in the show notes, but I'm taking those, Daniel. I'm just saying. No, no, no. What they need to do is first up, open up Instagram, follow board game babies, you know, number one, number one, hit the like, subscribe, follow. You get the awesome. What is it? Every few days you put out a nice review, big stack of tower. It's a little slower lately, like once a week now. Oh, you just put out a really great one all about stocking stuff for games, yes. though. So I'm, I've got... I'm looking at the tower right now. It looks I awesome. Do a lot of a lot of guides too. Like I like to group my reviews by like subject, so that you can just pull up on the guide tab and find mm-hmm. like these are good games for two year olds or these are good games for stockings or whatever like that. Well, yes. Before we use Fantastic. her for her knowledge, Danielle, <laughs> would you like to give us like a rundown of what board game babies is and why you are uh, returning? to homeschool together um yes so mostly it's just on instagram i do have a web page but it's a little bit like neglected um i mostly like chat and post everything on instagram but i do try to post reviews i do kind of like stacks of games by like i said topic or by age or did a lot of game schooling stuff especially in the summer when people were not you know, necessarily schooling. I think we talked a little bit then too, or you at least mentioned on one of the podcasts about kind of edge of parenting. Um, cause that's what we do. I do not have any homeschool kids anymore. I did send my preschooler to preschool this year, but my two-year-old is really wanting to like learn all this stuff. So I'm like, I guess I'm kind of homeschooling him again, but he's not quite at the game level, but yeah. So I, I like to share views just as a resource for people. And then I also, try to donate games to kids at low-income schools. I work with a nonprofit um, that gives school supplies to teachers at low-income schools. And so giving games is something I'm passionate about for them, teachers to use in the classroom. And then to kids in foster care and anything that is purchased through my Amazon links, I donate that money. I use that money to donate games to those, um, either those two organizations or like teachers I know that are in really low-income school situations and don't have a lot of resources or PTOs or things to support them. That's well, awesome. Yeah, we'll make sure to put all the links. And if you can send us those, we'll we'll make sure to put those in for everybody. And so they can, when they make their purchases, they can go through your Amazon store to do that. But I'm back because you guys are so fun. Well, know. well awesome. you're a friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> we, have, we are we are now, it's funny, when we when we first talked, we were not, but now we are both part of the game school co-op so for all of you out there who love games and love using games for education there is a whole group of cool people just like us i'm gonna say we're in the cool kids group um yeah and uh so check out the game school co-op that will also be in the show notes so should we just start it off i can't wait to see what you have for us today danielle so so what did you bring tell the people what they're going to hear and then we can start at the ground level. I'm going to describe them all. So they can't show them. <laughs> but when you click on the links, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. But um, I picked out a game for, so we start our kids really young. So I picked out games starting for kids that are like at age two and a half, three, um, our youngest is approaching two and a half year. Um, and I've been playing with our older ones since about that age. And then, so I have a two-year-old, a five-year-old, a seven, six-year-old, sorry, and an eight-year-old. I think that's right. 
somewhere in there. That's about right. Um, they're, your, they're your children, Danielle. Oh my gosh, I can't even remember. I, I, I just, I'm, I never know their names or their ages. There's too many. Um, not too many, but there's plenty. <laughs> so I picked out a game kind of like for each age that I think is just a really good game. Now they might be good for other ages and I'll try to like mention that um, some of them are great for, you know, that age to adults, but a game that like really has struck our kids at those particular ages and then I went a little bit above their ages because I won it's about to turn nine and then I picked one that was like a 10 plus game so I can share each of those by age if that's kind of helpful to absolutely great yeah let's start off uh, the young ones chronologically I guess um yeah Mm -hmm. so my the first game I picked is one that is I would say like a two and a half year old maybe at around that age could start playing with it it's called haba it's built it's called building site but it's by haba which i'm sure you guys are familiar with probably uh, a lot of your listeners yeah they have such haba. great games for the littles well yeah. and, and family games too but especially for the younger age that Thank really you. great games but preschool i feel like they're heads and shoulders above like the majority of preschool mm-hmm. games out there um mm-hmm. just the components are such high quality like we've had games that we've had for you know, five, six, seven years that are look like they're brand new, even though we play them constantly because they just hold up so well. So building site is really cute. It's a memory game, um, but it includes like an actual toy dump truck. And so this is why my two-year-old is like obsessed with this game. Um, and then it has little wooden pieces that you're putting together to build the house. So you're, we like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. We mostly don't play the game yet at two like a little less than two and a half years old, he's at that stage where we still play with the pieces. And I think that is a perfectly acceptable and wonderful way to introduce games to young kids. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people think they don't want to start till they're going to follow the rules and they're going to sit there for, you know, 15 minutes and play, but like, you'll never play with a two-year-old if that's what you're expecting. Um, but having him like this game really is like one of those where you play with the pieces. So even if they're not playing where they're using the memory component, where they're trying to like find the right pieces, there's four different pieces of the house that you have to put together and you have to put them in the right order to build the house from like the foundation to the roof. And then there's like a little um, bush in the garden, but you use the truck to drive the pieces around. Mm -hmm. So right now he's just at really like driving the pieces from the spot to the building spot. And then he's starting to like match the tokens with the Mm -hmm. pieces, but he's not quite at the memory stage, but that's why I really like this game because I think it starts really like you can put it in front of a two-year-old and they're going to play with it they may not be following the rules or like going through the whole game exactly but they'll be able to engage with it which is really fun he's always like I want truck game because he's obsessed um and he makes the beep 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 noises when he drives it around um but it's also really good for a three-year-old too because you're starting to incorporate the you know memory component the taking turns so that one I feel like has room to grow and you can start it out really young it's kind of along that same vein of like my first orchard um just really high quality components and like they can play with the pieces before they play the game and they're not gonna ruin the game or anything so that one has been a huge hit for us lately and one of the ones my two-year-old constantly takes out even though like i said he's not exactly playing it yeah, right. Reminds me of the. I'm looking at the pictures of it right now. It reminds me that you're right, the Orchard game, but also like Nibble Munch Crunch and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do some great, great early games. And I'm not sure what it is about big vehicles, but I, our two year old also, we yeah. have a book called Little Excavator that our our two year old is like obsessed with this book. We have to read it. I don't know several times a day. <laughs> so yeah. We'll give it memorized at this point. Um, so that's a great first pick. Well, it's fun to you know, drive a little, what game, what other game do you get to drive little pieces around? I guess, well, Monza, I guess, and uh, mm-hmm. Kanban, if you want to play that with your, you know, <laughs> two, three-year-olds or downforce. <laughs> anyway, um, so my game for four-year-olds is also Haba, not to be repetitive, but this game, um, we have, we do have quite a bit of Haba, but um, this game was new to me and I honestly held off purchasing it for a while because I just wasn't sure that. I was going to be sold on it. It's called Color It. And it's basically a kid's first roll and write game. So this is my, I have a five-year-old. She just turned five though. And as a four-year-old, this has been her favorite, favorite game. Um, You have like a bunch of coloring sheets and a couple of dice and you're, you roll the dice and there's um, number dice and color dice. And so there's two, this one has two levels of 
difficulty, which is nice so that like a young four could play. But then even our eight-year-old loves playing this game because they just love to color. Mm. Um, And so you're choosing a combination of the dice that you roll to color in one of the matching number squares, kind of like a color by number Mm -hmm. on your sheet. And then whoever fills their sheet first wins. It's not like a super competitive game though. We all tend to like be right, you know, right in the end there. And so everybody always just finishes their sheet, which I think makes it a little bit more fun, but I don't know what it is, but they are obsessed with this game. Like my five-year-old plays it every single day. I swear, like she takes, we're going to run out of pages soon, but that was my one like downside of this game was I was worried about running out of the pieces of it, but you can laminate it or make copies of it. And they do have like printable pages on Haba's website too. So even different themes, you can print up and use those, but it's super simple, but we love it. Like it's just, and I, I guess too, I'm not like a huge coloring person. Like I don't, I know some people love to color and like do like adult coloring. And I, I think that's awesome. I just, for me, I get kind of like bored or distracted easily mm-hmm. and playing it as a, like coloring as a game has helped me like really engage in coloring with them more. And I think too, it's engaged like my child who doesn't love to color because he is a gamer and he's a little bit older, but he is just working on that, you know, fine motor skill and the coloring that he, you know, every preschooler needs to be coloring. In some yeah, I, was, I was wondering if you had seen any improvements on like the, you know, the dexterity or the pencil work or fine coloring skills. Have you seen improvements playing yes. this game? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Like she started out kind of just scribbling all over it. I mean, she, and like she could color in lines, but she was just being scribbling. And now you can see like, she's really being more attentive and like oh, wow. her, her, pictures look so like really nice because they come out really nice and colorful and so they've been hanging them on the wall like they're like masterpieces of art <laughs> after they're done <laughs> but they do look really cute um so that one we just think is just a fun like way to learn how to do roll and rights too because as they get older there's lots of fun roll and rights to play it's a good way to engage in in colors yeah. too and yes you know teaching teaching that and teaching how to read pips on a die yep. which is a nice early skill and well. it only goes up to three i think um okay. oh no wait maybe it is i now i'm forgetting i play this so much you would think i would have it memorized but um <laughs> But it does help with that. Yeah. The pip recognition. And, and I do like my two, so it is hard to play with a two-year-old around sometimes, but this one is one that's nice because he can just color on a paper with us and thinks he's playing and he can roll the dice for us. And, um, he always is like telling me what color is on the die. So it's a good one. If you're trying to play with like a little bit older kid and you have a toddler toddling around, cause they feel like they're engaged. They're not trying to constantly like run off with the cards or like the pieces of the game. Like every other game we try to play with him around. <laughs> Don't know if totally you've experienced that. <laughs> no, we have to keep most of our games behind lock and key and at least five feet off the ground. Well, try yeah. color it. She might, be she able might to... enjoy that. You know, she yeah. might. She actually, you know, our youngest really enjoys using a pencil because she follows, you know, or she's sitting next to her sister when they're doing homeschool and she likes to pretend like she's doing homeschool with her. So it's kind of cute. Yeah, she's much yeah. more into she, to that. But neither of our kids are super big colorers yet. So no. this might be a good thing to help them get into coloring a bit more. So yeah. great. I think pick. we just assume like kids want to color, but not every kid wants to color. And no. like they do need to practice that for like writing eventually and strengthening those little finger muscles but so for age five this game is brand new I literally just got it like two days ago but we've played it already a bunch since then it's called um jump and it's called jump one so I'm going to assume that they're going to have other variations of this game it's by Mel and Ryan games have you guys played any of their games you know I haven't I mean I've heard of clumsy thief and clumsy thief junior but I, I actually have not tried a Mel and Ryan game yet they're great. We love them because they're like very colorful. They're very fun, but they're very, this is also very educational. Um, and so it's, yeah, we love the Clumsy Thief games, but the, we have Clumsy Thief Junior that we got too, and our five-year-old can play that. But um, Clumsy Thief in the candy shop is a little bit too old. It's like making sums of 20, but this one is like a, it's a little bit similar to Uno, where you have, but except you have your own stack, you have a stack of your cards, the cards are divided by each player, and there's two variations you can play. So we have mostly played the turn-taking one, which is, I think, better for younger kids, and then there's a speed variation. 
So for older kids, they can play faster. Um, but we, the turn-taking one has been really good for like a five-year-old and an eight-year-old to play together. And I think it's like the perfect range educationally for a five-year-old. So you have your stack of a third of a fourth of the deck, whatever, however many you're playing with. And the goal is to get rid of your cards first. Um, there's mm-hmm. a community card in the middle and it's kind of like Uno, except you're playing in sequence. So you're either playing the card above the number or below the number. So okay. it helps mm. kind of process where numbers come in order, which is kind of that next step. You know, my daughter can count. She recognizes numbers, but but being able to differ, like just solidify, I've got seven, what is before and what's after and thinking about it separately from like the whole sequence of, you know, one to 10. And so but you can play as many cards on your turn as your hand allows. So there is some strategy to it because you want to think about like if you have two and a three and the card is a four, but you also have a five, you'd rather play your three and two so that you can get rid of two cards from your hand. So it starts out, it can be very simple, but then it kind of ages up. And like I said, my eight-year-old has really enjoyed playing it Um And so that is, I think, literally brand new. They just came out with it and just sent it to us. And we just really love the educational value of the Melon Ryan games. But they're also, like I said, just cute. Like my daughter looked at the game and she's like, I know that this game is from um, Clumsy (laughs) Thief in the Candy Shop because the art is like similar themed and really engaging for kids. So that's a fun new one if you're looking for something like just brand new out there. Wow. Hot off the presses. Yeah, I no, know. it looks really cool. And that, and then there's like a frog a frog card as well. Allows you to oh, yeah. So the frog card is the while, basically. Like, so okay. once you once you play the frog card, you can kind of start from anywhere then. So you're skipping. No, that's around. great. It yeah. looks like a really cool game. Yeah, like kind of like a Racco meets Uno type of idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Kind of like a little bit of nuts about much. So one of those, yeah, a card yeah, game that yeah. kids are kind of familiar with, but it I like the the thought process she's using with the sequencing in number order and trying to figure out how to strategize that um so that one i picked for five-year-olds um for six-year-olds and this game people are gonna be like why is this game for six-year-olds this game is for adults but it's i think that this is a great game to start at age six it's um sorrow of the seas by calliope games so i love that one have you played Sorrow of the Seas? Yes, we used okay. to play it. We used to have a game group at work at lunchtime once a week, and we would play. And we had a, we had one guy who was really into it, and he he didn't play. He just like announced whenever, <laughs> and he would go kaiju movement, and he'd scream, <laughs> and we would all. And it was he was very into it. He, it was like let's get ready to rumble, but it was kaiju. Play. So I think that this one is one that like the more fun, the more you put into it, the better it could be, but yeah. I'll, I'll let you explain. No, no. it's like, So I think a lot of people are familiar with Sura, which is just like a tile laying path connection game. Um, so Sura of the Seas, you can play regular Sura with. So that's one thing I like about it. It's kind of like getting two games in one if you don't already have the original Sura. Um, but it adds like so the Kaiju, the sea monsters, um, and they move with dice rolls. So you're adding the a lot of addition. So I like that because at six years old, I feel like that's what we're constantly kind of working on is that two dice addition. Um, and so lots of practice doing that, but still just like the simplicity and the fun of sorrow. Um, right. That that path connection, I think, is probably great because you're you know, for, for those who haven't played it, you've got, you've got ships and you have tiles that have two, two moving paths on the, on those tiles. And then as you place another one, your, your ship moves forward along that line. So you're mm-hmm. trying to keep yourself on the board, <laughs> you want to keep yourself from running off the board. And in this one, then you also have sea monsters who are making that more fun. But I think that like that forethought about, mm-hmm. you know, where am I going to end up with my path? is also a great it's a great part of Suro, just the base game yes and oh, then the, the monsters makes a great i mean the, the, those can pop up in some really fun places yeah so it adds a little more complication but i also like that it adds like that game schooling element and mm-hmm. we'll kind of adapt it depending like with our younger with our six-year-old a lot of times too we'll you know move on i think you move on six seven and eight you move the kaiju but we We'll sometimes just say, okay, we're just going to move on sevens, like if we want to play a little bit easier or something. So there's a lot of flexibility in it because I think sometimes it can get a little bit like bogged down in rolling dice, but um, it's easily adaptable if you want to play with younger kids. Um, 
but I just, I like games that make them do a lot of math during the game where it's not just adding up the score, Mm -hmm. but they don't feel like they're, you know, doing a lot of math. (laughs) (laughs) So for age seven, again, this is another one where I would say this is also an, it could be an adult only game. Like you guys could play this at your lunch group at work. Cause it, it spans so many ages. Um, have you guys played any of the grandpa box games? You know, I haven't, I've heard great things about skull King and, and birds and bees and things, but I, I haven't played any of them myself. Yes, they're great. So uh, the thing I like is that they start, they work well for like young ages, but literally they write on the box, like, you know, age four or f- age five to 99. And it's totally true. Like they're, very much family games like you can play them across generations and a lot of them play like a little bit higher player counts too so the one I picked for age seven is the bears and the bees and it's just a really beautiful so it's again you're laying tiles but in this one you're not making a path like you are in Suro you're matching colors and sides of you you have um I think they're hexagons I want to say um you're matching your hexagon shapes to to match the different flower and color combinations. So it's not like as explicitly educational, but it does require some pattern matching and it's just a very pretty game. It requires some strategy because you'll play some cards that will make, you know, your opponent pick up tiles so that you're trying to run out of tiles again. You're trying to play Mm -hmm. your hand to to, um, be the first one to have no tiles left. And it's just, it's just a beautiful, fun game. Our five-year-old can play it, but I think like the sweet spot is starting around like seven years old and then going to adults. How, how did the bee, I see the pictures of the, uh, the hex, the hex tiles. How did the bees come into play with it? Um, they're just, so there's uh, color tiles and those are kind of standard play. And then the bees, some of them require, I think they make the other opponents pick a card. Oh, I see. So okay. They're kind of like power cards. Okay, and so you're you're just drawing tiles, or like is it like Carcassonne? So you are trying just to a... not draw tiles. You're okay. trying to just start with your hand, but you will be forced to draw tiles like by other okay. players. But you're also trying to get rid of what you have and do it like in a way that um, max. So if you can match like three sides of your tile when you place it, you can play another tile. I see. Okay. So you're really looking at the patterns and seeing like, okay, how can I fit this? And then if you play one, like on my next turn, if I put this here, will I be able to play another one in that space? So it's not too complicated, but it, it, it does like require some strategic thinking. And my daughter is very into art and she loves it because it's just very pretty and fun to match them together. So that is one of the Grandpa Bex games. We like. And then also gnoming around, I think is really good for that. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, like the uh, when, once you have the whole full board down, it looks does look very like stunning, like the color it's wise. Really yeah, wow, and it's not cool. all of them are really great for travel, like because they're not they're just most like this one, even though they're tiles, they're card weight, so mm-hmm. they're not. It's not like nice. a super heavy game. You could take like I literally we say these games are like they're literally made to like take to grandma and grandpa's house, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, because they like anyone can pretty much pick them up in a few minutes of explanation and kids to adults like playing them together. So we've been playing those a lot with like family members and we'll probably pull a bunch of them out of Christmas. I love those multi-generational games. Uh, you know, that, that they're not just made for kids that they engage everybody. We, we love to choose those kind too. And, and this game sounds like it's really great for kind of that spatial awareness, right? They're surveying the field yes. and trying to figure out what they could play and where and lots of complex, you know, strategic thinking in that so i really think that's a that's a good skill just kind of that taking the the lay of the land and figuring out where to play yeah and when i say something's not educational usually i'm just i'm i'm meaning just like overtly education you know like it's not like adding the dice or there is always stuff i think we've talked about this before to learn mm-hmm. from games you know there's from the younger the youngest child learning you know taking turns and following rules to just like the strategy, the, the planning ahead, all of those things are important. All those like, you know, soft skills too. And versus just like learning your addition facts through games, which is, fu- which is fun way to learn addition facts is through games, but um, there's all sorts of stuff to learn. Um, so then for age eight, 
Uh, I picked Dragon Realm. Have you guys played that one? Have you played Dragonwood? Yes, we have Dragonwood and love it. Uh, we okay. just completed a game break unit study on Dragonwood. It's a, oh. it's a favorite of ours. But yeah, we have not played Dragon Realm yet. So what's the well, what's the difference for those who know Dragonwood? Like us, don't know like like just notched up like a level. So there are a lot of similarities in the mechanics. Like you're still collecting the sets and the run, you know, you can do the, the color sets or the number sets or the runs, but it's more um, base breaking. So you have locations that you're trying to inhabit your set. Like you try, you're trying to have the most of your nights on, on those okay. um, locations so that you earn that location. So someone else might be, you know, turning in the runs and sets to claim a spot on the same location, but you want to have more. And then it also adds in there's like goblins and they're trying to take those spaces as well. So it just adds like that base breaking element. So it's not like it has all those great mechanics of an educational value of Dragonwood where you're figuring mm-hmm. out the runs and sets and you're doing all the dice at because you're, you're rolling still with the six dice. Um, so you're doing all that adding with the dice but the added component of like figuring out where to play and which way you're going to attack to claim the locations I think makes it just a little bit more complicated because our son has been playing that I mean I say eight because I don't want to like stretch he's six and he he loves dragon realm but he's Mm -hmm. played dragon wood for a while so Mm -hmm. it's really familiar to him so I just think eight is kind of a little bit more you know probably realistic for the standard but I think as a, like a, a six-year-old plays it um it's just I would say six is like where I would put Dragonwood on the locations in the game are, is that kind of like a resource management thing I see like at the bottom of the cards there's kind of like characters and maybe like little meeples that that come with it or so your meeples are what you're using to claim those spots okay, so you're still, you're just attack like you're just claiming those spots as if you were trying to claim the cards I see okay. in dragon one. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. But then like, there's like, so if you fail, you can send your guy to like the training Academy and then they can come back and like help you in another turn instead of it just being like, you get nothing because okay. you failed. So mm-hmm. there's just a couple more compl- like just a couple more things that make it a little bit harder than Dragonwood. I mean, we have both of them, but I would say that now we play dragon realm more than dragonwood because i don't know if it's the location like i don't know if he just likes claiming those locations because they look really cool yeah the artwork's beautiful on them yeah they're really they look really cool and yeah our but he grabbed our six-year-old grabs for that one more than dragonwood now but again i i chose it for eight because i think you know we have someone someone who has a lot of experience playing dragonwood would be fine but if it's if you're just like new to those mechanics eight is probably a little bit more realistic that's a good pick i like it yeah i i love dragonwood i i've been eyeing dragon realm for a while but i yeah, our that. daughter's just not quite to the level to play dragonwood yet so i'm like yeah. gotta get her over that first hump yeah. to go to the second but i think that sounds really neat but that's why it's good you start with dragonwood and then you can mm-hmm. go up to dragon realm later <laughs> so then for age nine and this one i picked because my eight-year-old is about to turn nine. And this was her pick, actually, when we went to Origins. She got to pick one game when we kind of walked around and demoed some stuff. And um, she picked to bring home Juicy Fruits, which is a new game from Capstone. And I think it's their first family weight game. So they do like Pipeline and um, lots of, uh, what's the other one, Curious Cargo, like things that are like very brain burners like <laughs> not for kids um but juicy fruits is an awesome like family weight where a nine-year-old could play it but up to like my husband and I pull it out regularly to play just the two of us like when we just want a quick game and it has a lot of ability to scale so it's you have a little island and you have a bunch of little fruit baskets which are just tiles on your island and you're sliding your baskets around like those. Do you know those little puzzles you used to do where you had like one open space? Oh, and yeah, man, those really get you. Pieces around <laughs> to move them in different directions. So it's not quite that contained. You have more than one space open, but depending on how you move your tiles around, you're limiting how your other tiles can move. 
and you're trying to move your tiles to collect these little adorable pieces of chunky fruit. And then you're turning that fruit in um, to send like to, to fulfill orders, basically. Like there's little boats connected to your island that want a certain amount of, you know, two oranges and three plums or whatever. And so you're trying to collect that by moving your baskets around your board and then shipping off your um, boats. So at base level, you can just play with that. Like I would say even our six-year-old can play that um, piece of it, like just collecting the the fruit and then shipping off the boats. But then you also have like a shared board that has little like ice cream carts that let you do um, let you like make ice cream cones when you slide it on your board. So you are buying buildings and little additions to put onto your island that you can then also slide around to either get more resources or to do more things with your resources or just like to get points. So that adds like another kind of level of complication where I'd say like, that's where like our almost nine-year-old can pretty much play that. Um, and then we have not even tried it yet, but on the back of the board, there's like a juice factory where you can do even more stuff, but we just got the, like um, a couple weeks ago at whatever origins is like a month ago, I guess. So I think it's really fun. I love moving the fruit around. It's like the perfect, um, like time amount, but it's very strategic. It's introducing a lot more of that strategy to kids who are kind of on the brink of strategy games. Yeah. Um, and just the fruit is the cutest thing in the world. The theme is so like bright and colorful and beachy and that always makes me happy going into winter. So, (laughs) but I do think the mechanic of like the mechanic of moving those tiles around is so unique. And I think, especially for like our generation, we've played a lot of those little like (laughs) puzzle games. So putting it into like a bigger board game and getting to constantly collect stuff just scratches that really fun edge of those. But, um, I think it's a great game for kids and families to play together. And so that's why I picked it for my nine-year-old because she's almost nine and that was her pick. And she picked a winner. She really did. She looked at a couple of games and that was the one that she came out loving. And that, I think it was a really good choice. That looks yeah, like that, a good pick. I like yeah, that. that looks really, that looks really cool. I, I always remember those like as being one of those things in your stocking, the little slider things, you know, they were like, and they were really cheap. And so you'd slide them and they'd get stuck because they kind of go like cattywampus. <laughs> and then eventually you just break it and put it together the right way because you get frustrated. Or maybe that was just me. Sure. <laughs> Don't break this game. No, you can't break it. House, just come off. <laughs> you won't have to like disassemble it to make it work <laughs> uh, but it, i i do love the move like i just think it's a really fun mechanic that i can't think of anything else we have that's like that especially like that kids can play you know like right there are, mm-hmm. we we have a lot of great strategy games and a lot of fun mechanics in different games that my husband and i can play but there's not as many that are you know great for kids and like i said this one you can kind of even scale down even lower but i think a nine-year-old could play like the actual game in the rule book versus like <laughs> modifying it for young, you know, but I'm always trying to like modify it for younger kids like with everything <laughs> we're doing. But um, this one legitimately for nine, I would say. Um, and it's short, like, so our oldest, she she's very smart, but she also has ADHD. So like length is really important. So even as we get into like bigger games, having games that have more of those adult strategies but don't take as much time is like key because we can, we only have like so much attention span and so um that that's what i really like about this one too it goes it moves pretty quickly and you're constantly doing something that's sort of physical also so it works really well for her particularly it's amazing that looks yeah. really good yeah that sounds like really neat i i love thinking through those kind of like there's like a logic puzzle within the game which is mm-hmm. really cool mm-hmm. yes Um, and so for my last pick, I'll preface this by saying I do not have a 10 plus year old. So I have not played this a lot with 10 ages, 10 or older, but I have played it with our 11 year old cousin and he picked it up really quickly. So I feel confident in saying that a 10 plus year old could play this, especially if they are like a gamer, like if they're familiar with games, but, um, my pick for that is fun fair by good games publishing. Have you guys played unfair or funfair no no we haven't so unfair is one of my favorite games it's a theme park building game so it kind of again theme always gets me back to like <laughs> roller coaster tycoon days oh <laughs> roller coaster tycoon 
Um, so building a theme park is like very high on my list. And, um, oh, I just thought of another game I should have talked. I'm going to mention it at the end because I, I didn't think about it, but now I want to talk about it. Um, it's all right. It's your show, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> We're here for you. Turn me off. Um, just cut me off when you need to. Um, um, so fun fair. So unfair is a, is a, like a very underrated, but very fun, like theme park tableau building game. So you're, you're taking cards and you're using them to build attractions and then build like um, improvements on your attraction. So you're adding like comfortable seating and air conditioning and things to stuff. And there's, um, you're trying to build the best theme park, but an unfair, there is a lot of take that, like you pretty much can't play the game without something destroying something in your park or your opponents mm-hmm. destroying something in your park. Got it. We try to play with world peace when my husband and I play just to preserve our marriage, but <laughs> I play with world <laughs> peace. Oh, I like that. I like that because Ariel's like, you know, we have games where I'm not allowed to do things. Yeah, that's like in Ticket to Ride. He's he's not allowed to claim a route that's not on one of his yeah. tickets. Just, just, just screw you over, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. That's the very reason. Don't just play don't marriage. play unfair, but fun fair is the like family <laughs> version of that. So they took out all of the take that. They kept all of the like fun aspect of building your theme park and like you know, reaching, meeting, you have like little blueprint cards. So you're trying to make certain goals for your theme park. Um, they kept all of that, took out all the meanness to each other, the meanness of the game against you. And they made it a little bit shorter and a little less complicated. Like they took out one set of like cards that can help you. Um, Mm. and so I think it is got a lot of the things that I love about unfair, but is way more accessible to this like 10 ish age. So it's a really great family game because again it's one of those ones where like adults really want to play it scratches a lot of that strategy itch it is super fun theme but shortening it a little bit and just taking away a few complications make it a great game for kids to play um and and i feel like at this age i was talking to my husband at this age like when you get into the 10 plus unless you're going like hardcore a game schooling game like a genius game the educational value is hard you know it's harder to like find things that are working on like calculus you know <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. right like, i mean you could get like psychosis or one of those right yeah i'm but saying you gotta there's go so many of them great for the like educational games at that point there's not as much of that hidden educational value mm-hmm. but i think to this one there's like some money management to it because you have to pay you know coins to build your cards and to build on your um accessories to your attractions and then again just like the stuff we've been talking about kind of maximizing your points strategizing all those things that are important things if you want your kids to learn the mechanics to play you know games as the adult games that we're playing you know the higher level strategy more complex games like these are all great things that are introducing a lot of those mechanics and components and um, strategies that they'll then take when they play more complex games absolutely so those are my by age i want to throw in two games though because one i forgot because i just thought of it um i would say it's like the four-year-old range we just got it and i'm obsessed with it but also because of theme this is why i thought of it um the it's a small world game from funko oh i just saw that i haven't so i put i just i shared in my stories i haven't shared it on i haven't done a review though it's a like look and find game. So you have your little boats and you're, you set up like the rooms of small world and the boats are going through the rooms. And when you stop in a room, you have cards that have like one individual character or animal or something that's in one of the rooms and you're trying to match those cards to the room. So we are really big on theme. We are super crazy Disney fans and my kids are loving that one. Does it come with a creepy song that you can't get out of your head? It does not. (laughs) But we are those people who play like the songs that go with games. Like we're playing dinosaur games. There's Jurassic Park in the background. Oh, <laughs> Matt oh no. totally does no, that. When we when we have our we have some gaming friends when they come over. Um, I'm always setting the theme and the mood and the music. You know, am, ambient. You know, working music for playing like Quacks of Quidlinburg and yep. you know we. I, what was the one game we were playing? Like, wasn't it Harry Potter or something like that? Well, every game we play, you you're yes. always like finding. Explo- you can play with Harry Potter, right? Potion Explosion. That's right. No, that's that's what you what did. I did. Yeah, Potion yeah, Explosion. That, that's where yes. you played Harry Potter. And then villain, villainous. No, no. What was the monsters oh, one that we? Played? Oh, oh, horrified. Horrified. horrified I, I had yes. some good movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, good you, it was like there. we were like, is is this the score from Dracula? And you're like, you make Spotify playlists to go with all your games so you can share them 
Oh, yeah. Let's add one more thing to your to do. <laughs> Thanks, Danielle. <laughs> and then I want to see some karaoke of them on YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. No, we'll be doing it on the Instagram reels. I'll be yes. you know, singing no, and dancing. Not. No. Anyway, I just thought of that one and I did not put it on my list because we just got it too, but it is, it's just super cute. Anybody who's a Disney fan with little kids. Well, I love look and find stuff too, because, you know, at that age, they love our, our two and a half year old is just starting. And I remember I kind of went to four and a half, five with our older daughter, just like heavy into look and finds. Yeah. Like that yeah. was all they want to do in the car, look and finds, look and finds. And so I think uh, games like this, that that's perfectly aged. And you can play cooperatively too. So it doesn't, so it's easier to play with the younger kids. I've not tried it with our two and a half year old. I don't think you could do it yet. But like, I think a, th- I think a three-year-old would help to play cooperatively. Um, and the only other game I want to mention was kind of like one of those fun family games for everyone. Like there is no age to this one. I mean, well, I guess I would say you probably have to be like five-ish to play because it gets um, a little bit physical sometimes. Have you guys played um, Taco Cat Go Cheese Pizza? So I have heard a whole lot about it, but I have not played it. It's just a, it's just a speed slapping game, but it's hilarious. Like it's, you look at this game and you're like, why is this game? Why do people like this game? It, you just have, you have cards that have tacos, cats, goats, cheese, pizzas on them. And then there's three like groundhog, gorilla, and narwhal, I think are like the special cards. And you're literally just going around saying, like turning a card face up into the middle section, you're trying to get rid of your stack of cards. It's another one of those. You're turning it into the middle and saying taco. And the next person says cat, next person says goat, next person says cheese, next person says pizza. Like you're just repeating the phrase over and over again. But if you turn over a card and you say the same word, so if you turn over cheese while you're saying cheese, everybody has to slap the pile. And the last oh. person's hand on the pile gets the pile. So like, this is like, take your rings off, like, <laughs> like violent game. Elbow but grandma like, out of the way. It is so funny. And so like our kids hysterically are laughing the entire time we play this game. And they have a Christmas version, which is why I was thinking of it. Um, I think it's called Santa Elf cookie wait santa santa cookie elf snowman i think did i get that right um and so it's the same it's the exact same game but they've replaced all the cards with christmasy themed um cards <laughs> super awesome. cute. that is um, awesome so that i think is just another a fun like if you don't like educational <laughs> strategy type games and you literally just want something that reminds you of your slapjack days that one yeah. is a good all right. Okay. That works. Hey, something for everybody. We'll have a That's link to the, exactly. you know, we'll, we'll have a link of that one in the show notes. Cause I keep searching for it and I get a lot of taco pictures and now my mouth is watering. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to hit you up because I know you just did the stack on Instagram. If there was one game that you would say would be really great for a stocking stuffer. Oh gosh, what's your stocking stuffer pick? Age. What? Oh, I don't know. It's it's so very it's so variable by age. Wait, wait, um, we've been talking about kids a lot. There's a lot of parents listening to this. What what do you get for well, the spouse? What do you get Star, for that spouse? I think Star Realms is a really good one for. Have you guys played Star Realms? Oh, um, I love Star Realms. I'm yeah. not allowed. That's the one game I'm not allowed to play with Ariel because she's played it so many times on her phone. She kills. You me. say not allowed. I say oh, you no. have to be comfortable losing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a different definition. <laughs> yeah, I think Star Realms is like the the one you know fits in your pocket like easily put in a stocking any adult would like getting that one Hmm. i think it's great it's got so many different things going on it's a it's a standard deck builder for those who haven't heard of it um and it's uh got a really great free app so if you are interested in it you can check that out we'll put a link in the show notes Mm -hmm. um because the the app will tell you if it's your type of game or not if as a space nerd it is my type of game um (laughs) But I played way too much of it. And stuff too, right? We have not. We only have one of the other decks. Yeah, I only have the base deck. Um, okay. We've only played it a couple of times at home because I had played the app so many times <laughs> that Matt, Matt did not stand a chance. No, so, was... but so you know what this means? This is this is like you had played Ticket to Ride on the app so many times that we couldn't play the U.S. map of Ticket to Ride. So we had to buy the 1910 expansion yeah. so that we can now play. So sure. I think what this means is that I need another Star Realms deck for Christmas so that yeah, we can uh, then play. Stocking, you know, mom stocking 
never has anything. <laughs> That's right. Mom's stocking is always empty and filled with leftover Halloween candy. <laughs> Isn't it that? That's the uh, SNL skit, right? That was like <laughs> Mom's Christmas. Was just, oh, I love that. That yes. was the best. We'll put that in the show, we'll we in the show notes. When we were growing up, our stocking was only candy, but I'm like, well, I still have Halloween candy left over like by Christmas. So we try to put something else in there because, but putting the used Halloween candy and that's, that's next level brilliant. Yeah. We got some pumpkins and yeah. candy corn. In there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know funny. I threw away the, the pumpkin Easter candy. <laughs> I emptied out the Easter candy when I, when we got the buckets down for Halloween, I was like, good God. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you were like, oh, we have so much candy left over. And I was like, that's cool. That's fine. Pick out everything that's not Halloween themed and put it in the Christmas bag. <laughs> It'll be good. It's fine. Yes. It's only two months. So put a game <laughs> in there instead. You taking notes, Matt? Put- yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> I have an email thread with myself called X- called Xmas, <laughs> and I, I periodically update it. I have a Google Drive spreadsheet that says Xmas for Ariel's eyes only, <laughs> <laughs> lest anyone else try to look at it. I have to catalog what I get for people every year because I can't remember after. You know how it is shopping for four kiddos. I think I think games in a stocking are great thing because there are so many like little small box games and and I feel like if you are a family that likes to like personalize you know pick something that fits somebody as the star- like not that you don't do regular games but I feel like or regular presents I feel like a lot of the presents our kids get they asked for or they're like mm-hmm. clothes or stuff they need and the stocking is like a fun place to kind of play around with like I saw this and I thought of you that you would like this little <laughs> game or you should get one of those puzzles to put in the stockings the the little <laughs> slider puzzles yeah the slider puzzle. oh yeah i'll, I'll get one for you oh, sure, sure. <laughs> i i we have the problem that you know i get so much stuff for the stocking and i keep them all in different grocery bags with the names on them so that i like can know on the night you know um and my problem is that uh i have i have too too much stuff so that like stuff's coming out of the stocking so that i'm like last minute wrapping stuff that wouldn't fit so you're better than I am. Always, I'm always like, what will fit in this stocking? Like I'm like trying to shove like full size board games in there. <laughs> like I totally, we're always running out trying to get something else to put in. I'm like, I always forget them. So the small box games, that's your answer. You uh, I think that's it, great. Some other people might. Well, this was awesome. Thank you. You've given us lots of food for thought with games, um, as we have several children in that age range. Hopefully mm-hmm. this was helpful to all the listeners out there who are thinking about games for Christmas and wanting to know what's new and what's cool. And yes. Danielle, you have your finger on the pulse. Yes. I don't know if I've ever been described as cool, but I'll take it. <laughs> I'm the one with nerdy cool. I think we've earned that. Um, yeah. We're, we're, we're just riding the wave of nerd culture. This is you know, that's right. Yeah, right there. Nerds that will inherit the earth. <laughs> it happened. I mean, if that doesn't describe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I remember. I remember being a kid and people teasing me for being a nerd. And I remember my parents said, "Just tell them someday nerds will rule the world." <laughs> and nobody. That was really not a very good comeback when you're being bullied. But <laughs> it really did come true. <laughs> come true. <laughs> nerds do, do rule the world. I do now rule the world. <laughs> not me. But my people. <laughs> I think that the general world is is realizing the value of board games more. You know, it is not just like as niche nerd culture as it used to be. Like there's so, like there's so many different themes now, and so many yeah. different things that are accessible to everybody. Like it literally did used to just be like war, and like you know, t- yeah, monopoly. Yeah, what yeah, I, yeah, trouble. Like, yes, and now there's just so, there's something for everyone now. You don't have to be like a full out nerd to love board games. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like the back to the earth guys who want to go out and get a farm and 10 acres and move out of the city type of thing. And but now it's like, I want to get off my phone and TV mm-hmm. and I want to play board games now. You, yeah, know, you want to connect the, with the people. Yeah, you want to connect. You want to talk. Yeah, well, it's it. great. I mean, that's one of the things that we love about board games. And yeah. uh, it was funny, you know, we're preparing for the holidays and preparing to have family, uh, you know, coming and seeing people. And it's like, oh, that's going to be stressful or whatever. It's like, oh, no, no, it's cool. We'll just pull out a board game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it's the great, like, not equalizer is the wrong word, but it's, it's just, it's a great way to have a good time without having to have a big plan. You don't have to entertain anybody. You got a board game. Well, it builds in shared experiences because there's always something that you're going to like a joke that'll happen or something funny or someone, you know, 
something will happen that'll give you that shared memory around the board games yeah you don't have to do any planning you don't have to do elaborate stuff you just pull it up that's right we just picked up herd mentality for my parents for christmas because we were gonna have my grandmother over and it's just like easy and i guess for folks who haven't heard of herd mentality it's like a basically a board game version of kind of like family feud sort of like what is the most popular answer yes we played that one live with uh reading ordinary things yes i saw that and i was like i gotta buy this game because this will be perfect you know any of those games where you have to um you know make make guesses i feel like those are really good when you play with folks you don't need to judge skill level yeah you know anyone can play that game saying like i'm terrible at these games but that one you did not need to like i'm terrible at like code names like coming up with clues and stuff like that i did not think on the fly like that it just makes me feel crazy but I, I went in her mentality thinking it was going to be like that and thinking I was going to lose. And I won. So you can, anyone can do it if I can do it. Um, just one is also like that. Have you guys played just one? Yes. We got them just one last year for Christmas. So I was like, okay, cool. Perfect. Now we can play the two together. Just one is you're trying yes. to be unique <laughs> yeah. with your clues and yeah. herd mentality. You're trying to guess the answer that's most popular. It's like, okay, cool. So we can really mess just with our brains. What mood they're in. Are they in? <laughs> Do they want to get along or do they want to be against, you know, like, be independent? <laughs> oh, perfect. This well, this great. was awesome. Thank you so much, Danielle. I hope this gave everybody lots of good ideas for Christmas and Hanukkah and all, all the their holidays. board game giving opportunities. Yep. I know I'm nice. all like Christmas focused, but get, um, they're good for any holiday. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thanks yeah. so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. Until the third annual gift game till <laughs> next year. I'm going to get more games. <laughs> <laughs> I trust that you will. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!